Good morning. Today we're celebrating one of the greatest events that has ever taken place in all of history throughout all the world. And it's the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ from the dead. And we are so thankful that we get to celebrate that in real time today. And then really as believers, we celebrate it every day. That Jesus came, he died on a cross, he rose again the third day. He showed himself alive to many other people. And then Forty days later, he ascended into heaven. Fifty days later, ascended into heaven. And so this event called the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is what we're celebrating today. I count it a privilege to be here at Lake Morton, be able to bring the word of God to you, where, where God declares the gospel. In fact, uh, Paul the Apostle wrote about that, which I'll read in a moment. But let's begin asking the Lord to bless our time in his word. So, Father, we thank you again for the revelation of Jesus Christ, that you sent your Son your only begotten son, into the world because you love us. And we're thankful, Lord, that we get to celebrate the resurrection, our resurrection because of your resurrection. So we're praying right now that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, that we might receive the engrafted word, that we might grow in our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We are asking, Lord, in Jesus' name, you draw many to yourself through the love that you have demonstrated for us through the cross and then the resurrection. So please bless our time in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the passage I chose to use for this Easter isn't one I've ever chosen before, but I'd like to read it. We begin in Revelation, right in the beginning of the book. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant servants, things which might shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. In fact, the word of God is the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. And then in verse 17 of Revelation chapter 1, And when I saw him, this is John the Apostle, I fell at his feet as dead. He saw Jesus in glory. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and last. I am he who lives and was dead. And here's our Here's our phrase for this Easter. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And he said, I have the keys of Hades and of death. So God sent his son into the world to die on a cross, but not to stay there in that tomb, but to rise again the third day, fulfilling many scriptures, many of the promises that God gave concerning the Savior that would come. So he died and rose again so that we can know him personally and we can know him eternally. He came to save us from our sin, to save us from death, and to save us from hell. And so Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, tells us this good news. And in fact, he said, moreover, brethren, this is 1 Corinthians 15, I declare to you the gospel. Now, you know that the gospel means the good news. It's great news. It's fantastic news. It's the best news that we could ever hear. The gospel which I preach to you, which you also received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved. 
Then he says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And then it says he was seen, he was seen, he was seen, he was seen. This didn't happen in some mysterious place. It happened in the open, publicly. Many people, including his disciples, saw him when he rose from the dead. And so 1 Corinthians continues in chapter 15. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. What I'm saying to you today is empty. And your faith is also empty. We have nothing to put our faith in. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead do not rise. For, he, he, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope, we are of all men, Paul writing to the Corinthians, we are of all men most to be pitied. And really all of us most to be pitied. If Jesus did not rise from dead, but then he said, but Christ is risen. And so Jesus is coming again. He came the first time, died on the cross, rose again the third day, ascended into heaven, and he is coming again in glory. And that is our hope this resurrection day that Jesus Christ is coming again. So, Revelation reveals events before, during, and after the main event. And that main event is Jesus' second coming. To complete the picture given to us in the revelation of Jesus Christ, to complete the prophetic puzzle, if you will, of the things that God promised to us through the resurrection. If there is no resurrection, there is no hope. There is nothing we get to base our faith on. And so Revelation ties up all the loose ends of the first uh, 65 books in the Bible. The last book necessitates knowing the first 65 books that precede it. All one big theme. Jesus is the picture on the box of the jigsaw puzzle. He's the one that completes that. He's the one that makes sense of the whole Bible. Revelation 19.10 Worship God for the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So this morning, we will start with a little pause, verse 1, and then a quick jog through the first uh, 16 verses of Revelation chapter 1. And then I want to focus in on the ones that I just read, 17 and 18, which says, Jesus said, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. So be it. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. I have the keys of hell. I can release all of every sinner from hell itself. So beginning this Wednesday, we're going to start a 10-week series on he who has an ear, let him hear. And we're going to talk about this revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation. Jesus in Revelation is John giving to us him in glory. Now, Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of John the Apostle. And to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And then this word, amen, so be it. So verse 1 of Revelation chapter 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means the apocalypse. It means the unveiling, the disclosure, the taking off of a covering. So John is writing about Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Jesus. It means to expose in full view that which was formerly hidden, veiled, or secret. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, 
that we see in this book is him in glory. John beholding his glory. He beheld the glory, first of all, of his humanity. When Jesus walked on earth, John the apostle saw him in, human, in, humanity, in his humanity in flesh and blood. He wrote in John chapter 1, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom, the heart of God, he has declared him. So God became flesh. He came in flesh and blood, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so 1 John, John wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1 John. He said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and hands have handled concerning the word of life. John is looking back as he's writing this, the book of Revelation, and he's realizing he himself saw God in the flesh. He himself walked with God in the flesh. The life was manifested, he writes. We have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, John writes, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And then John wrote this, and these things we write to you, book of Revelation, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. God and knowing God is the fullness of joy. So John beheld, him, beheld the glory of God. He beheld Jesus Christ as he came in flesh, flesh and blood. He beheld his glory not only in his humanity, but also in his humility. He saw Jesus operating, the friend of sinners, the lost and the weary, the poor and the outcast. Jesus came for us. Jesus came because of what sin had done to us. And, the, and the, when he saw the multitudes, it says he was moved with compassion. God loves you. Jesus came to demonstrate God's love for you. When he came in the flesh, born of a virgin, grew up as a, a, a human being, went into public ministry about 30 years old, all that leading to this great event of the cross and the crucifixion and the suffering of our Savior, but not there did it end when he rose again from the dead. And so John is saying we saw him. We walked with him. We handled him. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to give his life a ransom for all. So John beheld him in his humility. John beheld him also in his agony. So as Jesus came in the upper room, we read he was troubled in spirit with his disciples that night that he was betrayed. And he said to them, one of you will betray me. Of the 12 men that walked with him for those three plus years, he said, one of you will betray me. Now, John witnessed him in agony in the garden, praying and giving his offering, his soul being exceedingly sorrowful. John witnessed him as he withdrew and spent that, those agonizing first uh, beginning hours, praying to the Father, talking to the Father. And he said to him, Father, it is, if it's your will, then not mine, but yours be done. And that's when Jesus went to the cross. John, who wrote the book of Revelation, witnessed all these things. He witnessed his agony. He saw him in the garden there. Philippians tells us, being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. John witnessed that up close and personal. John beheld his glory also, though, in his bodily resurrection. When Jesus rose from the dead, none of the disciples were expecting that. And here John 
witnesses Jesus, meets Jesus after his resurrection. The other disciple whom Jesus loved goes running to the tomb with Peter, goes into the tomb, and he sees these things before him. He sees the empty tomb. He sees the, the cloths that Jesus was crucified in. They're laying by themselves. And it says, John went into that tomb. He saw and he believed. This incredible event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead that we're celebrating today. And so John beheld also his glory when he ascended into heaven after walking with the disciples and, and appearing to them on many, in many different ways. Then John was, was one of those that saw him ascend into heaven. And we read in Acts chapter 1, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received Jesus out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood in, by them in white apparel and said, men of Galilee, John, who wrote this book, John, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you see him go into heaven. And so this incredible, incredible event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, him ascending into heaven, John watching as he goes up. And now, decades later, decades later, John the apostle, the only apostle still alive, the beloved, the, the banished one in the book of Revelation, is given this special revelation by Jesus himself of his glory, of him overcoming and sitting down at the right hand of his father. And so John, this was, for John, this was a kind of follow-up, if you will, to the, to the Mount of, when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, where in Mark chapter 9 we read, he was transfigured before them. This is while he's still walking flesh and blood. John, Peter, James, and John saw Jesus in this glory, a, pre, a sort of a, a little trailer leading up to what John has seen in the book of Revelation. It says he was transfigured before them, Mark chapter 9. His clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow, such as no launder on earth can, with, can, can whiten them. They saw Jesus in glory, just a little glimpse. And so in Revelation chapter 1 we read, which God gave him this revelation to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And I want to pause here another moment just to, to speak to you concerning this shortly take place. In other words, it's going to happen quickly. This thing is going to take place that God, John's talking about in the book of Revelation quickly. And so once these events begin, they are going to rapidly take their course. Book of Revelation. In the Bible, the future is always to be viewed as imminent. It's happening. And so we read in there, they must shortly take place. Now, time is relative. In fact, I'm scanning pictures of, uh, uh, that go back a long time. In, uh, I've, I've done 30,000 so far, kind of looking back at the things of my, my own ancestors. And there are pictures I have from 1800s. And so these souls, these people, these of my relatives, lived a that was a long time ago. And time is relative. Time goes by quickly. The average life age of a male in the United States is 78.7 years. Of a female, it's only 81.2. So no matter what your age, no matter how long your life, wherever you'll be, maybe it's 78.7 years, maybe it's 81.2 years, you may beat the, those odds even by 100 years. However long, know this, you can't call to cancel that appointment you have with death. You can't reschedule it. God has a, a fixed time when this life 
this earthly life will be over for you. And so the future, therefore, is always imminent because you don't know when you will die. Are you registered in heaven? Have you made your peace with God? Have you been saved from the wrath of God by the blood of the Lamb? Have you confessed Jesus as Son of God, Savior, and your Lord? If not, then you're not registered in heaven. And that's a very important thing that you must take seriously. You are choosing not to be saved by Jesus Christ, not to be saved from your sin, not to be saved from death, not to be saved from hell itself. Therefore, listen, your future is imminent. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day. The invitation through the gospel of Jesus Christ is that you can join this tremendous celebration. It's not just one day, it's every day. That Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And he offers to you eternal life. Eternal life isn't a, a, a thing of time. It's a, it's a thing of quality. That you know. This is eternal life. That they may know you, Jesus said, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So the riches that we have through believing in Jesus Christ, the riches that we have in being a part of his family is because we just simply believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And if he is not risen, we are of all men most to be pitied. He was risen, he is risen from the dead, and we celebrate that. And we're, we're hoping that today would be the day of your salvation. Today would be the day when you enter into this eternal realm of knowing God and walking with the eternal God and having such a joy these things are written that, you might, that your joy might be full. And John the Apostle knew Jesus, walked with him, handled him, and he's giving this message out. If you will accept him as your Savior, he will save you from your sin. He will save you from death. He will save you from hell. He will usher you into the presence of God, not only now, but for all eternity. And so in Revelation, we read verse 1 again. He sent and signified by his angel to his servant, John. That's the one speaking here. John the Apostle saw him and handled him. And so after Jesus rose from the dead, not only did he meet John and the other apostles, but on the road to Emmaus, he, read these, he met these two very discouraged disciples. They were discouraged because they said, hey, he was crucified. We saw him die. And now they're walking along and said, oh, oh, he's, he, we don't get it. We don't understand this. We had hoped it was he who would save us. And Jesus pulls up alongside these two young men on the road to Emmaus. And he said to them, O foolish ones, this is in Luke chapter 24, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Ought not he to suffer, die on a cross, be laid in the tomb, rise again the third day, and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, this is Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So this morning we're in the Bible. We're reading the Bible. We're reading God's Word. These things that we're reading, the whole Bible, all 66 books, this is the final one, all 66 books are declaring Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, risen, seated at the right hand of the Father. And so the second event that's going to be happening, he's going to be coming again the second time. And John the Apostle now is writing decades later in Jesus' revelation to him, Jesus now in glory, waiting to return. So John bore witness, Revelation chapter 1, to the word of God, to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. 
Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written in it. Again, he says again, for the time is near. The time is imminent. And so he says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia. So this letter, this epistle is written to seven churches. Jesus is going to walk among his church. And then he says, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And here he says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth. He's seen him in glory. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, John then said to him, Jesus, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so here in the book of Revelation, we're not going to be going into all these verses. We're going to kind of fly over them a little bit. But just to get a little glimpse of glory, to get a little glimpse of Jesus in glory, he says, behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, and they, even though they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. This is his second coming, this great event that's going to be happening. He says, I am, Jesus, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. So he is the almighty, the all-powerful one. He's the first and last. The Greek letters, the alpha and the omega. Uh, Beasley Murray said, I am the beginning of history, end of history, and the Lord of all that lies in between. In other words, Jesus is present in all things. He is before all things, and he is beyond all things. We are talking about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who came into the world to die on a cross and ascend into heaven, and now he's waiting to come again the second time and establish his kingdom on earth. So John says, verse 9, I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Again, we're not going into detail on this, but John is seeing Jesus in glory. An incredible revelation that God spared him, saved him, kept him alive on earth, for many years so that he might see this revelation and then give it to us. He's called John the Beloved. He is John also what I call the both. He's both brother and companion. He's also the banished one. So God allowed John the Apostle to be banished to this island called Patmos, which is a six by ten little island, just a rock. And there in that barren wasteland, Jesus came to, to John and gave him this revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of John the Apostle, as some Bibles even have that. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus comes to him. He there as he's on the island of Patmos to reveal himself to him through this book of Revelation that we then get to, to ourselves read and receive from of this incredible day that we're celebrating, Jesus' resurrection from the dead. So if I can turn these pages, I'd be doing well. <laughs> there we go. Now, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, John was taken into the realm of the Spirit. Now, it could also be translated in my spirit, so something inner. I believe he was, he was taken into the realm of the Spirit and saw visions of the future in the book of Revelation. So, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, that could be Sunday. It could also be unto the Lord's day or being taken into the future 
called the Lord's Day, the day of the Lord that is going to be coming on planet Earth. And so these terrible events that are going to be taking place when Jesus returns, the coming of that great and terrible day of the Lord, John is translated, if you will, he's taken into, by the Spirit into this future uh, revelation to him of what was going to be happening on earth. And so my question, as we see the things unfolding before us today, as we see these, this pestilence and these things going on, we realize how fragile life is, how uncertain life can be. But let me say this to you. There is a certainty about what's going to happen because God told us in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, this is what's going to be happening on earth. The day of the Lord will be coming. And John is taken into this future time and given by Jesus these things of the future. And so, verse 10, I heard behind me, John, a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Jesus said that several times. What you see, Jesus said, write in a book, and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. He says, I heard a trumpet. You can't miss it. <laughs> it's clear. It's loud. It's, it's a, this, this voice that John hears to make sure that he listens to it. And so I turned to see, it says, the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were, were white like wool, as white as snow. And it says there, in his eyes like a flame of fire, piercing purity. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance, John says, his countenance was like the sun, shining in its strength. Now, here we get to our verses for this morning. We're going to just close up. And I saw him. John said, I saw him. I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. And so this morning, behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I believe Jesus in one sense was saying, I'm alive forevermore. He came and died the hideous death that he experienced. And now that's done. That's over. That's accomplished. And now he's saying, Amen. I have the keys of Hades and of death. Jesus is in resurrection glory as we are here together today, this morning, celebrating his resurrection. Jesus revealed in glory the man Christ Jesus, the one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's revealed after his agony, after his death, after his resurrection, and after his ascension. He's being now revealed to John the Apostle, John the Beloved, John the Banished. Jesus is alive and ascended because he overcame sin, death, and hell. He overcame the devil. He conquered those things. And now he's waiting to come the second time, seated at, his at the right hand of his Father's throne. So Jesus is in resurrection glory. Jesus will return again in resurrection glory. The, when, the, when the time comes, he is going to return, and he's going to the kingdom is going to be delivered into his hands from the Father. And so it says in Hebrews, as it appointed for men once to die, and after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, to those who eagerly wait for him, and I hope you are. He will appear a second time 
apart from sin for salvation. That is coming soon. Have you made your reservation in heaven? Only those who have believed the gospel and have because of that now eternal life, only those are eagerly waiting for his ascension. If you have not made your reservation in heaven by believing in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for you, demonstrated and sealed in his resurrection, if you have not done that, then you are not registered in heaven. And so my plead with you is be reconciled to God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled before you went to the cross. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told him. He's speaking to his disciples. And I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. And that same Jesus who's ascended into heaven, that same Jesus who died on the cross and rose again the third day, that same Jesus we celebrate today, his resurrection, he has a place for you if you'll receive that from him and receive his forgiveness through your repentance, turning to him as Savior and Lord. And so John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And it says there, but he laid his right hand on me and said to me, do not be afraid. The gospel of Jesus Christ is our deliverance from the fear of death, our deliverance from the fear of hell into the assurance of his loving arms that will ex- that extended us and receiving us. So behold, we will see him in resurrection glory. We will fall before him in resurrection glory. And what strikes me in the book of Revelation is the 24 elders fell before Jesus. And if they fell and all the angels fell before Jesus, we're not going to be standing. We're going to fall before him in absolute, pure worship. He alone is worthy, and we will see him in glory, and to put it mildly, we're going to be awestruck. We are going to be awestruck. We get a little glimpse here in words and vision that John had. John two times fell before the angel, and the angel said, don't do that. Worship God. I believe that John was so awestruck, he was falling down all over the place in heaven, and he fell down before the angels because we're going to see him in glory. That's a promise we have. We will see him in glory. So behold, when that happens, we will re- he will receive us in resurrection glory. He will comfort us in resurrection glory. There's a, there's a hymn that I love. It's, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. When with the ransomed in glory, his face I at last shall see, t'will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. And then the chorus goes like this. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. That's what we're celebrating. That's what we will see. That's what will be received in in glory. And there will be no more death in glory. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is the assurance of our resurrection from the dead in glory. And so I close with these passages. Some of you know these. Let me read them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at things which are seen, but are at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then he says this, for we know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we know that if our earthly house, this tent, it's temporary, is destroyed, we die. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And Paul said, for in this we groan. And certainly the, this, this earth right now is groaning under the weight of the things that are going on. Groaning, not, many not knowing the reason we're groaning is because of the sin that came into the world and ruined God's plan for us, for, for him to, to use us to, to, to uh, know him and walk with him and, and know and love each other. That was ruined by sin. And so we groan. We groan over this coronavirus. We groan over the things that are going on. But it's because of sin. God was, Jesus conquered sin for us on the cross. He rose again the third day. He's ascended into heaven. He's waiting to come back and establish his kingdom. So we groan, he says, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our, habita with our habitation, which is from heaven, this new body. And so Paul wraps up that, that chapter in 1 Corinthians 15. It's called the resurrection chapter. He says, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep a picture of death in the Bible for the believer. We, we close our eyes and wake up in glory. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, O death, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? taken away by Jesus. Oh, hell, where is your victory? Taken away by Jesus. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but Jesus paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. He paid the penalty that the law says, the soul that sins shall surely die. He paid that for us. So hell is conquered. Sin is conquered. Death is conquered. And so this life, though a vapor, though short, 78.7 years or 81, whatever it is, it's short. It's a vapor. It's imminent that one day we shall all be facing death. But thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ that he conquered that. And we celebrate his resurrection. That is the reason that we have assurance in our resurrection. So he says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. So let me close with this quote, which I think is fantastic, from a commentator named Snell. He says, quote, In the Revelation, the Lamb is the center around which all else is clustered, the foundation upon which everything is built, the nail on which everything hangs, the object to which all points, and the spring from which all blessings proceeds. Jesus, the Lamb, is the light. 
the glory, the life, the Lord of heaven and earth, from whose face all defilement must flee away, and in whose presence fullness of joy is known. Hence, we cannot go far in the study of the book of Revelation. We haven't gone far this morning. We've cruised it without seeing Jesus the Lamb. It's it, 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 like direction posts along the road to remind us that he who did by himself purge our sins is now highly exalted and that it, to him every knee must bow and every tongue confess. To that grand statement, he writes, I say, hallelujah. Jesus the Lamb is going to reign upon this earth. That is God's intention. That is God's purpose. And so Jesus said to John, Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Jesus is coming again. That's what we're waiting for. We're celebrating a resurrection that we will experience in knowing him. So again, we close. I'm going to pray. And as we bow our hearts, if you don't know Jesus Christ yet as your Savior, you don't know him as the one who died for your sins, we're going to ask right now as you bow your head to make your confession and confess that you need his salvation, his Savior, his forgiveness. And then by so doing, asking him to forgive you, to come into your life, and then you will know the things that I'm talking about, the things that John saw, you indeed will be assured that you indeed will see him in glory. Let me pray. Father, we thank you again for the celebration that we have today, which is every day, that indeed Jesus came for our sin. Jesus died for our sin. Jesus rose again for our justification. He ascended into heaven and that he's waiting there. Jesus, you're waiting there to return again, to receive us to yourself, to comfort us from all the tribulation, all the problems, all the things, and to then give us a place with you forever and ever in your kingdom on earth. We thank you for that. Lord, I'm praying for anyone here who does not know you, anyone that's listening does not know you. If I might, if you would bow your, as you're bowing your head, if that's you, that you would simply say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I know that I need your forgiveness. Jesus, please grant to me new life. Grant to me eternal life as I confess my sin to you, ask you to forgive me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and I'm going to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.